Okay, Tzoraim Tov, we continue with the bracha. We've discussed at great length Elokein Shema, and Rav Pincus dedicates one more chapter on the idea of the neshama, so we'll have a better appreciation of what is this neshama that we have. So the Gemara in Brachas says that there are five Tehillim that say the words, Borchinafshi. Bless my soul. My soul blesses. Why five? Because there are five things that parallel HaKadosh Baruch and the soul. And these are the five things. Just like HaKadosh Baruch fills the whole world, so does the Neshama fill the whole body. Number two. Just like Hashem sees but cannot be seen, so to the neshama can see but cannot be seen. Just like a Kaddish Baruch who sustains the entire world, so does the soul sustain the entire body. Just like Hashem is pure, so is the neshama pure. Just like Hashem, as it were, dwells in compartments within compartments, is very secluded, so is the neshama within compartments upon compartments. So let the one who has these five things and give praise to the one who has these five things. Let the soul who has the five things like Hashem, let him bless Hashem for these five things. Now it's a very interesting um, thing. The Baal Akeda, the Spanish philosopher, Rav Yitzchak Armaud, lived in, I think, 14th, 15th century, whatever. He says, when we come to explain something that's not so clear, let's say they want to explain a concept, very hard for a person to understand it. So what do we do? We make a, a parable. We make an analogy. We make a mashal. Something that's clear. The parable is clear. And now we try to apply it to understand something that's not so clear. The nimshal. So you make a parable which is clear to understand that which is not clear. And let's give an example so you really understand this concept. It's a Gomorrah and Kedushin says like this. It says, Ish imo ve'oviv tiro. A person shall fear his mother and father. It also says, Es Hashem elokecha tiro tavod. A person should fear Hashem. So Gomorrah says, so we compare the fear to a father and mother to the fear to God because they both say fear and just like it's clear to everyone that you should fear HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right clear so too we should fear our father and mother right why, and why do we have to say that because it's not so readily understood to fear your mother and father. And so what does the Torah have to do? Since it's not it's not easy, so why should I fear my father and mother? What do I have to fear them for? Why should I revere them? So we have to find something that's easier for you to understand. That it's obvious what fear of Hashem is because your life comes from it. So too, now we'll understand the harder concept to fear your father and mother. So through the marshal, which is more obvious, we can explain that which is less obvious. 
So just first, just sit on that idea for a second. Does that, that seems to me, are you more in awe of Hashem than of your parents? Yeah. Hashem's the creator of the world. He could pull the plug on you in a second. So we wanted to say that just like you have fear for Hashem, you have to have fear for your parents because it's not so easy to understand their mere flesh and blood. What do I have to have so much awe and reverence for them? So what explain? Okay. So now you understand, you always use that more obvious as a parable to explain the less obvious. So the Balakita continues. So let's say we would go to Greek philosophy philosophers, which we don't want to go to, but if we would ask them, okay, how can we understand the ways of God? How can we understand his attributes? How they express themselves in the world? Well, they would say, well, let's try to learn it from man. In other words, if we reflect, because what do we know? We know man. We think about a man and he has some amazing qualities. So if man has certain amazing qualities, all the more so it should be by God. Okay, so from our soul, we would learn about God. Why would the Greeks do that? Because the Greeks have to say, well, we have to have, what do you call it? Empirical evidence. Okay, so we know what a human being's got. So we say, oh, if a human being's got that, then we could say God's got. So it comes out according to the Greek guy, what's the marshal, what's the parable, and what's the reality? The soul, our soul, is the parable. And the, and, and the reality is Hashem. We look at the soul, and we try to understand what Hashem is. is Greek? Greek, which other words? That God is in man's image. And that's what the Greek gods were. Zeus, Aphrodite. Oh man, there's women here in this world that are gorgeous. You can imagine the goddess, how gorgeous she is. There are men here that were strong. Can you imagine how strong God is? The, the Zeus, whatever. But when it's with a Jew, it's the opposite. We look at Hashem and use Hashem as the parable for us to understand who we are. As that's what the Gemara kept saying over and over that we started with today. Just like Hashem is this and this and this, so too is the soul. How is it that is? Why are we doing it the opposite of the Greeks? The answer is because the supposed wise men of the world they recognize themselves a little, but they don't recognize Hashem at all. So if we want to understand anything about God, let's go with what we have. But by the Jewish people, we do the opposite. We recognize Hashem very well. Why? Because the Torah is filled with the wondrous things of Hashem and His supervision over all of creation. Everything praises Hashem but we don't recognize our own souls. And therefore the rabbis want to tell us, you want to know how great your soul is? Let's try to understand Hashem. They didn't say, 
just like the soul fills the whole world, so does the whole body, so does Hashem fill the whole world. No, the opposite. Just like Hashem fills the whole world, your soul fills the whole body. That is what the Baal Akedah says. So what does that really mean for us, practical terms? So to the extent that we don't understand how great Hashem is, and how he is concealed, and how he cannot be so grasped by your intellect, until we, till, if we don't grasp that profundity of, let's say, the of, uh, David says, Godol Hashem Hashem is big and so praised, and Ligdulosa and Chek and his greatness, there's no way we can investigate it. Until we know how awesome Hashem is, all the more, sir, we can't even recognize ourselves. The greatness of our soul within ourselves is more concealed from us than the greatness of Hashem. And to the degree we can't recognize Hashem, more so we can't recognize ourselves up to the point that we want to bring an analogy to make it easier for understand what a neshama is. We have to go to God as the Moshal. And the Moshal is the more obvious thing. The analogy, the metaphor, is always more obvious. It wants to teach us on the less obvious. So the ways of Hashem, we can at least understand a little bit. So then we should be able to understand that which is less revealed, which is our soul. Wow, that's an amazing concept. So you can begin to understand why humanity is in such bad shape. Humanity has no idea what they are. Well, forget about humanity, let's talk about Jews, secular Jews. They don't realize what they got inside of themselves, a soul that's so powerful that I have to use an analogy of God. So for those who have no connection with God, so then what kind of soul do they think they even have? <laughs> but if you really believe, and even if you believe in Hashem, but you have to understand that Hashem is, is just the parable to us. So now we're talking about, now obviously our souls are not greater than Hashem. Let's not make that mistake. But remember, have you seen your soul lately? No. It's very hard to understand what a soul is. Through the Gemara is saying, I'll help you out. It's easier to see God, to appreciate God, to understand aspects of God. We can understand that God is not seen, but he sees. We can understand that. We can understand that God sustains the whole world. Okay, so now you got to be able to understand these ideas. So now that we understand this, now let's go back. And look at these five ways of expressing the connection between the soul and Hashem and our body and Hashem and the world to get a better appreciation of what this soul is what we're talking about. So everybody, you know, is able to have some way, when you look at yourself, you kind of value yourself a little bit. Okay, you know, you look at you know, everyone has their own private discussions within themselves. 
how how smart you are, um, how much feelings you have. And we all can ask ourselves the following question, just between ourselves, nobody else. How far can I go in life, spiritually? How much can I feel other people's pain? How much Torah could I learn? Uh, try to try to you know what they say this that's commercial right for the lottery dream to the why dream to the min when you can dream to the max so we should be doing the same there's, there's a lesson in that although we're not talking about winning the lottery because you know what guys you've already won the lottery you know why you won the lottery because of the seven billion people in the world you're one of the very few people that has a Jewish soul now, you had nothing to do with it. You had no decision. God says, here, here's your Jewish soul. You already won the lottery. So why dream to the men when you could dream to the max? So you want to know how great could you be? Well, for example, the Gemara says, every Jew is obliged. Not it's a nice thing. Is obliged to say the following. When will my actions touch the actions of the forefathers. Not to be like the forefathers, that we can't be, but to touch, to reach that level from time to time. And the rabbis are telling us to know that we are capable of being able to do a lot more than we think we can reach. Now, to what greatness can a person expect or to dream? Well, on the one hand, we're in a body. The body has lusts and desires, which are not that amazing. On the other hand, you have a soul, which uh, there are great levels that can be achieved. So what great levels can the neshama inside us bring us? That's what you have to understand. In other words, here's the time to dream to the max. Any, any Jew can do this. Now, don't compare yourself to another Jew. Every Jew's max is their own independent max. So don't compare yourself to others. But a person thinks just simply, the Torah says, for example, the beginning of Genesis, Hashem blew in his nostrils a, a living soul. And the rabbis explain, the one who breathes, breathes from himself. And therefore, the neshama that Hashem blew into us resides in that ourselves is a point of holiness from Hashem until the rabbis say the following based on Tehillim. Send to him, Tzur, my, the rock, Levavi, of my heart, Vechelki, and my portion, Elohim Lom is God forever. So we see God is called the heart of the Jewish people. Because as it were, there's a part of Hashem that's blown into us. So by definition, when you've got that atomic spiritual energy inside of you in a natural way, any Jew can reach infinite greatness. And that's the simple meaning. God is infinite. Infinite. And he blew a little of that inside of us. Okay. It's not, Hashem says, okay, I'll give you a soul. You'll have a soul. I created a soul. 
No, I told the you blew it into me. So therefore, you can reach greatness in Torah, Davning, Yerushalayim, serving God with unlimited ability. If Hashem gave us a holy soul, He's given it to us so we could use it with all the power that's inside of it, as the Mesilla Shisharim says, that the creation of man for his situation is for Olam Haba. Really? And that's why he's such a powerful soul. For that, it's worthy to work hard for and get a lot of reward at the right time. So therefore, how important it is for us and very uh, pleasurable to know the greatness of the soul and to, to value it and to hold it precious and to use it for the good things all the days of our life and to bring out something in reality in action that came as an outgrowth of the soul inside of you. But before we can do any of that, we got to understand, okay, that before we could do this, we have to learn what its value is and what we're capable. And that's where we're saying, Nishama Shenosatobi, soul that you gave to me. So now let's go. Now, what he does now is he goes through the five points that the Gemara said is the similarity of God and the soul. He tries to tell us what parts can we hope to achieve and what parts are beyond us. So, he says these five analogies, he says, can be divided up into two parts, so to speak. The first two parts, so to speak, comprise one and the other three is another. So it's two and three. Let's look at the first two virtues it says. Just like Hashem sustains the entire world, so does the soul sustain the entire body. Just like Hashem fills the whole world, so the soul fills the entire body. Now, those two, we all can understand that. That's relatively easy to understand. Hashem sustains everything and fills everything and the soul sustains and fills everything. So let's look into those two and using Hashem as the parable to appreciate the reality of the very concealed nature of the soul. So let's go. Hashem says, so the Gemara says, just like Hashem sustains the whole world, that is the foundation of Yiddishkeit. What sentence says this exactly? Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. And what does Echad mean? He says, everything that's in this world, all the millions and billions and trillions of microcosms that exist in the world, from the little fleet to anything, each one, there is a genuine infinite chesed that gave it its specific shape and mission and purpose all came from Hashem to give Hashem honor, and it's all part of His reality. So much kindness, so much health, so much wealth, so much food. There's nothing in the world that Hashem is not sustaining. There's no way we can come to the depths of understanding what kind of chesed is that. We have no words to define, except Dovna Melech says, me Kashem who is like God? Hamadbi Lashemis, who is so high up 
And still, no, he's so high, but the pus is mashpililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililil
I did everything according to halacha. Every food was kosher, 100% kosher. I made brachas, beautiful bench, beautiful. I didn't chazer. I ate, it was all mamish, beautiful. But you know what? If I didn't have to eat breakfast, I'd also be fine. I don't mind if I wouldn't eat breakfast. Okay. Because that is tahar. But I have to eat. What could I do? So I eat what I have to eat. But if I could learn Torah and not eat, I'd rather learn Torah and not eat. That's Tahara. That's beautiful. Could there be anything better than that? Yes. The higher level is Kedusha. What is that? That's a much higher level. That what you're doing is you're taking the physical acts and you're making them holy. What does that mean? Let's say in the base Hamidash, the animal offerings that they ate. You can't say it would be better not to eat it because God says you have to eat it. It's not like you got a choice. No, you don't, you got to eat it. And you eat it, it's mamish a mitzvah. So let's say you always wish that one day you could have been a coin and you could have poured a wine libation onto the Mizbech. Well, if you want to do it, you can still do it. You know what? Give a Talmud Chacham a good glass of wine. You get up to that level because it's like, Mamish, you're doing it some mitzvah. Okay, that, that's, and that was what Yaakov was able to do. It wasn't that, oh, I'd rather not engage with having flocks. So I'm going to raise flocks and make them holy. In other words, <clears throat> Tahara says, listen, I'd rather do the holy things. Physical things I'll do. I'll do them 100% right. I won't do anything bad with them. But anything positive with them, I'd rather not have it at all. So that won't be an aesthetic. That's okay, that's Tahara, but that's not Kedusha. Kedusha is you're investing holiness in the mundane. I'm eating it, and I want to eat it. You know why? Because I make it holy. It's like I'm bringing a korban to Hashem. I'm elevating that. And it's not a bad thing. And that's one of the fundamentals of Jewish amunah, is that a Kaddish Baruch Hu, as it were, is not like a carpenter who builds a table and leaves it. But God is called Chayei Ha'olamim, the, the one who gives life to the world. So he created the world he continues to supervise it. He gives it life at every moment. Every moment is filled with the true reality of Hashem. And therefore, when the rabbis say, just like Hashem fills the whole world, so does the soul fill the whole world, it's not only that Hashem sustains every detail of the world, but He fills the entire world. The entire world is filled only because Hashem is filling it. And that means he's filling it with potential Kedusha. Similarly, a soul fills the entire body. What does it mean? It doesn't want the body just to be on a level of Tahara, of purity, that it doesn't do bad things. But, you know, and keeps it in check. But it fills the entire body that it can reach a level of Kedusha. That the body can even be holy. 
and that all the actions are totally a manifestation and an intermingling of the soul with the body. And you're making the body a holy body. And even the eating is like mamish being a Corbin as well. So God does not just sustain the world. He gives complete life to the world, gives meaning and purpose. As the Rambam says in Hilchus Yesodet everything that's found from the heavens and the earth and everything in between only exists because of the truth of Hashem's reality. Just as Hashem wants it, so the soul is the reality of life of the body. And therefore, every action you can do can be an action of Kedusha because of the soul. It's not only, here's the point, it's not only that the soul says to the body, you better do this. I gotta do it? Yes, you have to do it. Okay, I'll listen. I'd rather not. I'd rather not. Soul says, no, no, no. You do it. And and what that will be, it will be a holy activity. It's not enough. You're going to eat. Make sure you say a bracha. Make sure the food is kosher. Don't fresh and that. Okay, I'll listen to you. But you know, with all these restrictions, I'd rather not do anything. No, 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 no. But to say, no, the, the neshama now is saying, you're going to make everything holy that you're doing. That is a tremendous level. Okay. And with that, we'll have to stop and we'll leave for the second half tomorrow, Mir Tzashem.